Welcome to Milo Time, where we dive into the list of things that Milo loved and spend some time with my beautiful, amazing, awesome, fantastic boy, Milo. Welcome to another episode of Milo Time, Daryl Kessler, along with Lisa Cohen. Yes, it's me, and I brought your little friend with you this time, too. You didn't take the subway this time? Is <laughs> no. Dave out, is Dave out parking the he car? Is. Yes, yes. How My was, driver, you mean? <laughs> your driver. How was traffic today? <laughs> it was it was, it was. was fine. It was no, uh, we didn't uh, didn't take the West Side Highway, did a little bit of, uh, you know, re- recalibrating based on what what the Google was telling us. Right, the Google. But it was it was it was a fine uh, fine day for a drive. Good, good. So I'm uh, looking forward to seeing Dave. So let's take a look again at the list of things that Milo loved and see if uh, anything tickles your fancy today. Um, well, this one looks like it it could be something on a streaming network. The Eel. The Eel. So this is this is a good one. This one I'm really happy to talk about. So I guess I start. I should start at the end. What is what is meant by the Eel? So every year, with one exception. In late August, we, Alana, Max, Milo, and I would vacation with two other families in Nantucket. Um, it was the uh, Tolo Flanagan family, Billy and Michelle, and their daughters, Spencer and Katie. And then the Reardon family, the Kyle Reardon family, it was Julie and Pat, and their son, James, and their daughter, Hannah. And for probably about 14 or 15 vacations um, over 15 or 16 years, we would go to Nantucket from when the kids were in diapers through to COVID, really. Um, We would go down to, we would go to Nantucket. The first number of years we stayed at the home of Michelle's parents, uh, who were very generous with their space and it was, they were great hosts. And uh, over time, Billy and Michelle bought their own house there. So we went and stayed there once or twice the last couple of years. For what? It was a week? We would go for a week. We would go for a week sort of when the kids were at sleepaway camp and all of them were at some point. We would go when they were all back, Mm -hmm. uh, but before they started school. So there was that little pocket when the kids were around, but before they started school generally. Um, The eel is what... Bill would call Milo on the basketball court. Uh, we would go among the many great activities, I hope, some of which I hope we get a chance to talk about on this episode. Um, among the many great activities that we would do regularly, would go we would go to Nantucket High School with a basketball and um, we would play basketball. And Bill is a big basketball player. I think Bill has played with your husband, Dave. <laughs> yes. Uh, on a couple of urban league teams. And he was teams. also a, a, an opposing coach on my daughter's. Yes. So. <laughs> Yes, I know that. We don't have to use the podcast <laughs> trash, Billy. <laughs> I know. Let's just say that I know Bill liked to run a full court press as a coach of seven year old girls, but we'll leave it at that. When his team was up fifty points, but we'll leave it at that. Let's let's <laughs> let sleeping dogs lie and let's let's focus on the positive, which is Bill's a really good basketball player and obviously a great guy, and um, he would um, sort of corral the kids and the adults as well. So Pat and I and Bill would typically go with Max and Milo and James and Katie would come play sometimes also. And Milo went from being, you know, a pudgy little kid who was interested in basketball, but, you know, was just a sort of a beginner to being sort of a very crafty basketball player, sort of the way he was as a tennis player, left-handed. So everything looked a little funny. 
um, and sort of slithery. So Bill came up with this nickname, the eel, because Milo would find his way into little spots in the paint and his favorite shot was sort of a floater. It wasn't really a layup and it wasn't really a pull-up jump shot. It was sort of more of a, a running floater and everything looks sort of silky and and oily and um <laughs> bill came up with the name the eel and he would literally say to milo like get in that paint and eel it up for me right now let's go let's get it done let's do that and milo really took to it and he actually always seemed to play well on those courts i think that um max not that anyone took the game too seriously but max typically would stay along the perimeter shooting from the outside and james was a little older and a little bigger and would sort of fancy himself able to muscle with some of the adults and milo would just play this intermediate game of just sort of finding the spots and um you know frustrating us we would play the dads against the kids sometimes and it went from sort of the dads having to pull our punches and and let the kids take it to us to really the kids being much better than we were particularly pat me bill remained a really good basketball player and probably could have done some damage (laughs) physically uh, until the very end when when James was about as big as Bill and Milo and Max were, you know, about 5'11 or yeah, 6 feet yeah. tall, too. But there was that transition when it started out as the adults sort of carrying the kids and it ended up being 10 years later, the kids really yeah, being yeah. better, better basketball players and better athletes and in certainly better shape than we were. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, those thinking about the eel makes me think about those trips to Nantucket. We had so many wonderful traditions with these dear friends of ours who we didn't get to see that often. Although Alana went to college with Bill, Michelle, Julie, and Pat. In fact, I was the only adult regularly on that trip who didn't go to University of Pennsylvania. Um, It was great every year to know that this trip was coming up and we could go away as families. And even if the kids weren't across the board in touch with each other regularly during the year it was almost like a cousin type thing where the minute that they would get together it was like they were best friends and they really were super close and would revert back to some just terrific things and some of the things that they would do even when they were 13 14 and 15 years old reverted back to when they were two three and four years old my boys for years used to wake up early um, as you know, <laughs> and one of Billy and Michelle's daughters, Spencer, would also get up early, and it was always such a joy to get up, watch the kids playing those old video games, those DSs, those handheld oh, yes. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it the would leap be pad. No, those kinds of things. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And see Spencer, the uh, Billy and Michelle's younger daughter, huddled on a couch with Milo and Max, and then mm-hmm. James would come down, and then the older kids would sort of come down a little bit later. Um, there was a, um, a terrific ice cream place there called the Juice Bar, where we would go get ice cream, you know, four or five times over the course of the week, and running jokes about who was going to order what, and and we all knew each other's ice cream orders um, the minute that we arrived and the minute that we um, showed up at the juice bar, it was everybody could order for the entire group because it was the same thing that people were ordering when they were four years old as when they were 14 <laughs> years old. Um, we would play tennis with not only uh, Milo, Alana, and I, but we would play with Billy and Michelle's, well, Michelle's mother, Billy's mother-in-law, Robbie Toll, um, they belong to a tennis club in Nantucket, and it was just such a 
beautiful way to spend an afternoon playing tennis with Alana, Milo, and Robbie Toll. And yeah. it, we would be like a four, a, yeah. a group of four playing tennis. And she was a really good tennis player, um, regardless of her age. And Milo loved playing tennis with her. And they developed a little bond about tennis nice. um, uh, because they played together a couple times over the years, which was a which was a really, really nice thing. Um, the kids had games. They used to play a game called Boiled Chicken. I'm just thinking back to these these regular things that we did in Nantucket where... The undercurrent at Nantucket for me was always a fear of the water for my kids. You know, um, my kids always swam like Brooklyn kids. That is, they basically knew how to not drown, but really didn't really, weren't really strong swimmers. They didn't do a lot of swimming. And Billy and Michelle's daughters and Pat and Julie's son and daughter were terrific swimmers. And I was always worried when we would go to Nantucket that my kids would push to go, you know, into the waves, into the water. Well, those are some big waves. And some big waves. Nantucket, and and yeah. I grew up on the beaches of Long Island and was very comfortable with it, but they really weren't. And I, I trusted them that they knew how to be safe, but, you know, there's no, no rules out in the totally. water and it could be a little yeah. scary. Yeah. And we used to play this game and, and um, Bill and Michelle and, and Pat and Julie were so sort of generous with this because they knew that we were a little worried about the boys going in the water and we developed a game called boiled chicken where the kids would stand by the edge of the water and they would run to the water and then get as far into the water as they could without having the water touch their toes and then as a wave touch they would run away and they would play this game until they were like 10 or 11 or 12 years old this silly kids game that they had developed many many years before Um, we would take sand buckets uh, buckets full of sand and stack them up in a row and see which kids could run down the beach as fast as they could and jump over as many. It was like barrel jumping you used yeah, to yeah. see on Wild yeah. World of Sports <laughs> on like ice skates and stuff like that. We would do those things. Spencer was always game to play a little flag football. Uh, the dads and Max and Milo and James would play flag football and um, uh, Spencer would always join us and she was always game to do that. I remember Caitlin O'Flanagan um, playing some serious games of hearts on the beach with Max and with Milo in the last year or two that we were there. Um, And then, of course, the favorite was we would play this game called The Name Game, which I think you're familiar with, which is everybody in a large group. It was all the kids and adults would put in just a random person's name. Mm -hmm. And those names would be read out once and only once. And then basically you'd take turns around the room and you'd try to get all the names named and people would break up into teams and the rules worked such that there was only one winner. And over the years, so many names would be repeated such that by, you know, the 12th, 13th year we were there, it's all names we had done before, each one that had a particular story attached to it, a background, a backstory. And it was only a matter of who put that name in, not which names were right. going to be named. Right. And those names would, oh, those games would always just end up in just laughing, a silliness and again, the same silliness over the years, which is what really made those trips extremely special. Just really, really, really great. Yeah. You know, we talked about the relationship with cousins, how yeah, yeah. fortunate Max and Milo are to have cousins, Scott, Jared, Zachary, and Noah, who they really enjoy spending time with. And I mentioned earlier in this episode that that relationship with the O'Flessler, Dan Tolls, and the, the Reardon Kyles felt always like a cousin relationship. You wished there was more of it, but in some ways it was just perfect the way it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I have to say your description of Milo on the court 
was uh, similar to your description of him as a tennis player. Like he's yeah. he's got this like wiliness to him, a quiet strategy. Uh, yeah. But and he, you know, it sounds like it, it's. Uh, I can see it. I could see the the hoop game based on uh, that description. So yeah, and one last memory because it really just says so much about that trip. I mentioned to you that I was concerned over the years with my boy's ability to swim, and that that concern really never went away. But it it lessened by the time they were in their teens. I was more confident that they they could they could um, find their way in the water. But when when the boys were very young, we used to go to a particular beach that was calmer, and there was a sandbar, probably about thirty yards offshore, and. I think Milo was probably five or six years old the time I'm thinking about and probably was not confident and probably couldn't have um, made the swim by himself out there. And if I close my eyes, I can think about that time. I remember Bill O'Flanagan getting into the water and floating on his stomach and Milo climbing onto his back, (laughs) attaching to Bill's shoulders and Bill just slowly patiently lovingly swimming milo out nice. to the out to the reef and just swimming and swimming and swimming real slowly it only took bill a couple of minutes yeah um and that vision stays with me as like sort of a beautiful memory of like an afternoon in the sun bill wonderful guy milo on his back just lazily kind of heading towards the reef and then getting to the reef and then on the reef all of us out there throwing a ball around, yeah, playing Kadima, yeah. whatever nice. else, and then doing the same thing in reverse on the way back. And it's a, a really touching and beautiful memory yeah. of uh, one of many yeah. um, from those from those trips to Nantucket. So nice. Lovely. Well, that's all we have for this episode of Milo Time. We hope you'll join us again next time when we, again, spend some time with Milo. 